Listener Production. Hello and welcome to another episode of Huff Science Explained with me, Matthew Ages, science journalist with Cosmos Magazine. Each week, twice a week, we answer life's questions, big or small. And today, we're going shrooming. We're entering the weird world of fungi. Why did all the plants in the forest want to hang out with the mushroom? Because it's a fungi. Well, actually, this very funny joke hides an important fact about fungi, but we'll get to that shortly. Perhaps the introduction that I gave you conjured in your mind a picture of a squat little mushroom with an orangey-red top dotted with little yellowy-white warts. This fairy tale mushroom might be a vermilion amanita, scientific name amanita xanthocephala, which is a classic toadstool, but in this case, native to Australia. And amid the grasses, trees, flowers, shrubs, herbs, and other plant life in the forest around it, you might be surprised to learn that actually this fungus is more closely related to humans than any of the plants surrounding it. Around one and a half billion years ago, plants branched off on the evolutionary tree. And about a billion years ago, fungi and animals branched off from each other. The most obvious evidence for this is in the way that animals and fungi obtain energy compared to plants. Whereas plants use chloroplasts to make their own food through photosynthesis, fungi and animals need to consume energy from outside sources. All right, we know we can call fungi our cousins now. So let's meet some of these very distant relations that share our world. Let's quash a myth right now. Mushrooms are not the main part of the fungus, and not all fungi produce mushrooms. Mushrooms are one part of a particular phylum of fungi called Basidiomycetes. But there are millions of fungal species, and just like animals, they're all classified into different groups. You probably know some of these non-mushrooming fungi already. You might have heard of a fungus that is killing off frogs around the world. This is a chytridiomycete, a type of primitive flagellated fungus, that means it swims with a tail like a tadpole, that disrupts the exchange of electrolytes across the skin of amphibian species. Check out the science briefing app on the amphibian apocalypse for more on that. Yeasts, moulds and truffles are ascomycetes. We know yeasts, of course, because of their important role in bread making and alcohol production. This phyla is also home to the penicillium moulds, which Alexander Fleming discovered could produce a unique active agent that destroys Staphylococcus bacteria, leading, ultimately, to penicillin, the world's first antibiotic. There are more ascomycetes than any other fungal phylum in Australia, accounting for nearly two-thirds of described species. The basidiomycetes, where our mushrooms are, account for around 30% of described species. The other 10% are made up of the other fungal phyla. Right now, just shy of 12,000 species have been described, but the actual number of fungal species is likely between 50 and 250,000. That's a lot of fungi that we don't even know about. 
So if the mushroom isn't the main part of the fungus, what is? In general terms, a fungus possesses an expansive network of cells called hyphae, which together we call mycelium. Mycelium gives the fungus its structure. Picture an intricate cobweb-like network spreading in all directions. It extends throughout the environment in which it lives, which for fungi could mean just about anywhere, from the soil to the wood of trees to aquatic environments and even within our own bodies. This also means fungi are important players in the cycling of carbon, breaking down dead material and helping it re-enter the environment and to feed other organisms like plants, which can be in turn eaten by animals. Some fungi also play other important roles for plant life. The Greek word for mushroom is myco, and the Greek word for root is rhizer. Together they describe a unique symbiotic association formed between fungi and plant roots, a mycorrhizal relationship. Symbiotic relationships are ones where both organisms benefit from the partnership. Glomeromycetes are a fungal phyla which are major players when it comes to forming these relationships with root systems. But other fungi, including basidiomycetes like our vermilion amanita toadstool, do as well. The fungi boost the ability of roots to take up water and nutrients for the plant. The plant, which generates its own food from photosynthesis, gives energy to the fungus in exchange. What about sex? Asexual reproduction, where the organism essentially clones itself, is by far the simplest and most efficient form of fungal reproduction. Rip a fungus's mycelium in two, and you could effectively transplant them elsewhere and get them growing again. This is similar to plant propagation, where you might take a cutting of one plant, stick it in some good soil, and watch a clone take root. A fungus can also form spores, which scatter, implant within a new substrate, and get growing again. The ease with which asexual reproduction takes place means this is how fungi most often create more of themselves. But fungi can also get together with each other. Where plants and animals have fairly well-defined parameters for sexual reproduction, fungi have evolved many unique ways to get it on, further adding to the mysteries of this incredibly diverse kingdom of organisms. Some principles are prevalent among many fungi, though. First up, gender does not exist. Rather, genetic information is exchanged by mating types. And forget the idea of there being two mating types in the way that we have male and female. Some fungal species do have two types, but others might have four, six. Some basidiomycetes have thousands. When compatible hyphae link up between two basidiomycetes, like our vermilion amanita toadstool, They trigger the formation of a sporing body, the reproductive structure of the fungus, which contains the sexual spores that are released as part of the reproductive cycle. This sporing body is what we call a mushroom. Tasty. But not all sporing bodies are mushroomy, and not all fungi use sporing bodies either. Some, like our chytrid fungi, simply link up, form their spores, and leave them in the ground. There's plenty we don't know about fungi. Around the world, hundreds of thousands of fungi are likely yet to be discovered or described. 
and we're still learning how they help and hinder humans like us. Some fungi can wreak havoc with our bodies, causing pneumonia-like diseases when sucked into our lungs. Some fungi can be destructive too, like those that eat away at timber and cause wood rot. In 2018, the University of Ferrara in Italy found a 17th century painting was decaying thanks to microorganisms, including four fungal genera, chewing up the paint on its surface. Health authorities actively discourage amateur foraging as well. Highly toxic varieties like death caps, yellow stainer, and poison pie mushrooms look very similar to other edible types and are major poisoning culprits. That's why professional mycologists, fungi scientists, are required to distinguish between varieties. That said, fungi have important benefits beyond those that we've already mentioned. Our bodies play host to unique combinations of fungi, bacteria, and other microorganisms which help to keep us healthy. And thanks to millennia of bumping up against bacteria in nature, fungi possess unique antibacterial properties. And this is good news for medical scientists who are searching for new antibiotic therapies to treat bacterial disease. In 2021, researchers in Auckland studied 36 types of native New Zealand fungi and found almost all of them could kill mycobacteria like those that trigger tuberculosis. But finally, what would a podcast about fungi be without talking about psychedelics? While remembering that, depending on where you live, the use, possession or supply of psilocybin, the hallucinogenic compound produced by some mushroom species, is likely criminalised, scientists are, legally, researching the benefits of these substances as alternatives to existing antidepressants. Even so, in Australia at least, there is a long way to go until a doctor prescribes magic mushrooms. The Therapeutic Goods Administration has declined to reclassify psilocybin for controlled medical use, but that was on the basis of insufficient evidence of the purported effects of psychedelic fungi rather than any health risks. In the meantime, you're probably best sticking to healthy, edible mushrooms in your diet, just as long as you don't wander into the forest to go and get them for free. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out The Science Briefing, also available here on the Listener app, and head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Heartbeat Science Explained.